0: what's up everyone my name is chelsea gallagher owner of transcend travel therapy welcome to travel therapy social i am with my co-host scott who is an allied health recruiter
1: what's up guys i'm scott Soteric. i am an allied health recruiter with total Med staffing and we are here to kind of give you a little bit of the tea that is in the therapy world and just kind of see you know, what your guys' pulse is and kind of give you, you know, some insights to who we are and why we started this.
0: Yeah, totally. Welcome to the show.
1: I'm excited. You know, this has been kind of a long time coming. This was one of our whirlwind ideas that turned into just, you know, let's screw it, let's do it. Um, (laughs) But before we kind of get into that, let's talk a little bit about, you know, who we are. So tell us everything we need to know about Chelsea Gallagher, (laughs) the travel OT.
0: Yeah, where do we start? Who is this girl, Chelsea? So I grew up in Pennsylvania, a town called Warminster. It's in Bucks County. I went to school in Pennsylvania as well. I went to a five-year accelerated program and got my master's degree in occupational therapy. I graduated in 2019. And I passed my boards first time around and jumped right into travel therapy. That was the most stressed out I think I've ever been in my life. So if you're going through that right now and you're studying, I totally feel you. You're going to get through it. Yeah, I jumped right into travel occupational therapy. I moved from Pennsylvania to California for my very first contract and cruised all the way up to Alaska after that and then i was craving the sun and i went to hawaii and i loved the island lifestyle so much that i went to the caribbean way across the mainland from hawaii to saint thomas the virgin islands so i was on a 10 month like 10 month contract in saint thomas in the school system and i loved it so much that I actually ended up back in Hawaii in the school system again, so that's a quick rundown of my travel story of like what contracts I've taken. I tend to extend a lot of the time, uh yeah, yeah,
1: that's awesome. What got you into travel therapy?
0: Yeah, so this story, I think is just like I knew, like my gut intuition just knew. In sophomore year of college, I met someone at a pediatric camp who was a hippotherapist and she was there as a OT on a travel contract in Pennsylvania of all places. And she told me about it and she told me, you know, just talking to you seem like you're very adventurous and exploratory and you would love to explore this avenue. So she was the first person that I ever heard about travel OT. And then I started following along other people's stories. And there was like a few posts or blog posts that I read. But when I graduated, after I got my degree, I just knew I didn't even look at perm positions. My family was, my father was a little bit hesitant, but my mom was super supportive. So I, yeah, I just kind of knew that I wanted to do it.
1: That's awesome. That was, and if I remember correctly, your first assignment, you went to, as you call it, the armpit of California, Bakersfield.
0: <laughs> yes. So as a new grad, you kind of feel like, and I was clueless at that time, and you feel like you just are going to take anything. I was prioritizing my setting. So in therapy contracts, you want, and just any travel contract, you want to prioritize three things. Now I know this. So what? what's these three for you? It's setting, location, and pay. So when I was a new grad, I knew my most experience, like my clinical experience and field work was all outpatient peds. So I knew I needed something in pediatrics just because that was where I felt most comfortable, especially knowing travel contracts. As a new grad, you get thrown in without any mentorship. So Scott, I was like, I need, I need peds <laughs> as a recruiter, you know, like, okay, Chelsea definitely needs pediatrics. So where can we place her? And at that time it was rare, which I think you can touch on that too, the trends in the market, but pediatric outpatient peds was relatively rare to come by. So I got placed in California in Central Valley, it's Bakersfield, Is uh, considered the armpit because of the poor air quality. And I don't know (laughs) if you've ever been there, but it's definitely, (laughs) definitely not. I shouldn't give a bad rep. It's definitely a place that's convenient to get around. In California, you can cruise to San Diego or you can cruise up north because it's so central. So that was like one of the biggest draws to it because I was able to explore like the whole state in California.
1: That's awesome though. You know, just to kind of dive into it and, you know, travel as a new grad when you have no expectation. You don't really know what, what's going on. Um No
0: idea. No <laughs> idea. But tell me about you. So you started recruiting for Total Med when? Tell tell us your tell us your journey.
1: Yeah, so um my recruiting journey is a little bit different. I kind of just fell into it. Um I've told this story about 100 times, I feel like, but um, I was working at a Starbucks and a place similar to Five Guys was working about $100 a week, um, just killing myself. I had zero social life. I was hating what I was doing, but I was working nonstop. I didn't really know kind of what was going on. Um, One of the guys that I played soccer with, um, I knew worked for Total Med. And as a joke, I said to him, I was like, hey, I'm going to make a fake resume, like find me a job somewhere. I'll say I'm a nurse. I don't know. Um, and he just kind of laughed and he basically told me, yeah, that's something that we don't really do. But, you know, I appreciate the effort. Uh, about a week later, he called me and he said, hey, we actually started a new division and our engineering division's is hiring. Um, you know, I can get you an interview if you're interested. He said, absolutely, sign me up. Went in, interviewed um, about... Probably about three hours later, I got a call from the allied person that interviewed me and she said, hey, you know, we would love to you know, offer you the position, you know, take your time to think about it. I thought about it for, I think, about two minutes. Uh, I remember I called my dad. I said, I have a real job. Uh, <laughs> what do I do? My dad basically said, Scott, don't be stupid. Take the job. Uh, so I took the job. I was based out of our Schaumburg, Illinois office to start. Um, about a month into my tenure at Total Med, I relocated up to Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, we went up there for a training, realized this is kind of where the nuts and the bolts of the company were, it was, you know, our main hub. So for me, I viewed it as it's a really good opportunity for me to learn from the best people, you know, at our company and also be a part of the team, you know, the allied team, which at that point we had four people up in our Appleton office who were pretty established. So to me, it just made sense. I was 23. I had no connections outside of friends and family, really, you know, no real responsibility. So for me, it was a no brainer. Um, go back down to Schaumburg. Our VP happened to be, you know, in Schaumburg that next Monday. He's sitting right next to me. And I look at him and I go, I want to move to Appleton, Wisconsin. Hmm. He kind of laughs and he says, you're not being serious. I'm like, nope, I am he just kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, all right, let me go figure this out. Uh, about a month later, I was up in Appleton full time, been up there ever since. Um, you know, and it's been a great journey at Total med, definitely a lot of, you know, stepping stones and learning blocks throughout it. Um, you know, but honestly, without the opportunity that I have, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um, mm-hmm. they gave me a ton of freedom to, you know, start working on therapy, Um, we weren't really doing anything in the therapy market. So shout out to all the therapists that I worked with at the beginning when, you know, I barely knew anything and we were just kind of figuring it out as we went. Uh, It was definitely, you know, a lot of, a lot of grinding and a lot of trying to figure everything out. Um, You know, but it was a really cool and, you know, awesome experience because there were a lot of new grads I worked with, you know, when I first started. And so we kind of learned a lot of the stuff together. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I thought that was a really cool experience to kind of go through everything where we have the growing pains of figuring out, okay, we're, you know, a new division. We don't know fully what's going on. We don't know license timelines, we don't know the processes of things. You know, compliance for therapy is so much different than the nursing world at times. So it was a big, big learning opportunity and a huge learning curve. But it was a super exciting opportunity. And to be honest, I can't believe they gave me the opportunity for it. And, you know, for that, I'll always be eternally grateful. And, you know, it's led to some great relationships. I mean, if I didn't decide to move up to Appleton on a whim at 23 years old, you know, we probably wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast right now, (laughs) Um, which is wild to even think about. Um,
0: Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing your story. There's Some gold, I think, within that, which is there's a theme that you said yes to an opportunity. You also fucked it up and figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third thing is you were like honest with your travelers, it sounds like saying like, shout out to the people who were with me in the beginning when you're fully transparent with them. Like, this is, I'm just starting out, you know? And I think those are big lessons, especially as a new grad or just new to this industry, is to just say yes. And you're not going to always be prepared. And it's, it could be scary and unknown and it's uncomfortable, but it's really important to lean into that and just take the opportunity and see if it serves you well. So I'm really proud of you for taking that leap at 23. It's funny you say 23 because I was also 23 when I jumped into my first travel contract
1: absolutely it's one of those things where you're young right you're supposed to kind of go out there and just you know take risks and take chances and you know i think that's why i resonated so well with the travel community because it was like i had no idea what i was doing you know i'm 23 moving away from you know essentially my um i guess you could say you know my nest right i didn't really know what i was gonna do i had no friends up here i had coworkers that i knew um You know, so that was super, super trying at first, trying to figure everything out, right? I had no idea what to do. And I also learned that actually buying Starbucks is super expensive. (laughs) When you work at Starbucks, you get to drink for free. It's great. You know, I'd start every morning with five shots of espresso, just chug it down the hatch. Here we go. We're ready for the day. Well, now you go to Starbucks and buy that every morning. It's like, okay, here's take 20. It was definitely, you know, that learning curve and figuring out, um, you know, who I am as a person, really. And I think that's, that's one of the cool things about travel is, you know, as you know, you get a chance to learn so much about yourself, you're put into these situations that you don't really know what to expect. And from there, you either, you know, sink or swim. And, you know, hopefully, we always want you to flourish, right?
0: the -hmm. end of the day.
1: And, I think to do that and, you know, kind of better yourself, you have to, you know, take those risks. And I know you're all about taking risks. I mean, <laughs> you're, what, free diving like 150 meters now. Meanwhile, I can hold my breath for, I think, like eight seconds.
0: Yeah, no, really, though. I I think that's another thing that when you're like, what, who is Chelsea? I, I kind of briefly touched on all my travel spots, but I am a risk taker. I am an adrenaline junkie, and I think my parents had multiple heart attacks just based off of what I've done (laughs) during my travels. (laughs) Shout out to my mama G and Bob's, man, they've been through it. And uh, it's really important to take those risks. And I think that's, again, like how I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm incredibly confident to teach someone else's lifestyle because I've taken lots of risks and always have leveled up my personality and my hobbies. And yes, I am free diving down to 100 and, 20 feet so not 150 meters (laughs) i think it's like 300 plus feet uh but yeah i cannot hold my breath i think um i can beat anyone in the competition i think that's my party trick
1: (laughs) i mean that's a great party trick i mean most people i think can (laughs) hold their breath for like 30 seconds so you know i'm rooting for you and i'll always bet on you for that now when uh, now i know that you are an adrenaline junkie and you have all these hobbies when you go on an assignment, like are you ch- constantly trying to find new hobbies? you kind of stick with the same you know hobbies what What are some of your passions and the things that you know you're super passionate about?
0: Yeah, good question. I grew up in Pennsylvania, right? so that looks like suburbs that looks like no one's really riding their bikes to work or around the community. I would go and hang out with friends and do things around the neighborhood, but I wasn't really. Uh, an outdoors person. I was very athletic, so I did lots of sports. And my friends and I would go to restaurants and bars and stuff like that. But I never really camped much or done anything outdoors. So when I went to California, and I met a group of travelers who preferred to camp and hike and surf, I was like, what is this life? Like, I'm interested. I'm I don't know anything, but let's try it out. So in California I surfed for the first time and that was, I got pummeled by the waves. It was not a good journey. But I put myself out there and you have to start somewhere. So that was that was definitely cold and just uncomfortable cuz you just are getting washed by these waves. And we would hike a lot. So that was Cali and then I went to Alaska and that's a whole different piece. And I think that's where my adventure came out and really got to shine, I guess, in a way, because of my community that I was with. We would we would go snow machining, which is snowmobiling in um the US. <laughs> like we call it snowmobiling in on the east coast. You call it snowmobiling? snowmobiling snow machine.
1: Yeah.
0: In Alaska they call it snow machining. And then we'd go snowshoeing, we'd go snowboarding we would go fishing and catch salmon in the river. We would just always be chasing the northern lights and seeking out all the glacier opportunities. There's just so much to see and do. I went on my first bush plane, which is a small seaplane that flies over the glaciers. I was terrified, but I was absolutely excited because the views are so worth it. And yeah, you just I think that state made me, it's either make or breaks. And I think that applies to a lot of things in life, but that state in particular, the wildlife is crazy. So you have to be prepared and there's a cold aspect to it, right? The Like it's just really uncomfortable and brisk and dark and I lived through it in the winter. So to be there in a state of mind when it's like no sunlight and only five hours of light, It makes you think, like, what can I do? So then I got into cross-country skiing because otherwise I was just gravitating towards my bed because it was so dark. And I, so I guess what I'm saying, that's my two assignments, my first two. Yes, Scott. I always try to seek out my hobbies and in that area, see what the locals do. And I want to do what they're doing. So here I am in Hawaii, and surfing is a massive culture here, Right. And also there's a freediving group. So I think my passions now lie with the ocean. And I know that and I seek out those contracts. And that's another reason why I went to the Caribbean. And I got into sailing in the Caribbean and have spent time on a sailboat and sailed overseas. Like it's just, it's a very, very rewarding lifestyle to say yes to opportunities. Like I said earlier in the show, like you have to just put yourself out there And seek these opportunities out. I don't. I make sure I, I welcome that opportunity to come my way by my personality and my personality traits, if that makes sense.
1: For sure, you're a creature of the sea. Meanwhile, if the water is more than like five feet, like no thanks. I'm (laughs) like might be the world's worst swimmer, but you know we survive (laughs) barely at times. Depends in the water, but. You know, I think that's really cool because it is really important, I think, for people to, when they're traveling to, you know, pick up new hobbies and get connected with, you know, the people that you are around in, um, you know, with that assignment. And the other cool thing is you're somewhere for three months, right? The average contract is 13 weeks. Take advantage of it. Every weekend, go out and do something, meet someone new, have a new experience, one of the coolest things about travel is you get to go to all these cool different places, right? And the opportunities that you have to go to national parks, to, you know, go surfing, pick up new friends in different locations. And so the opportunities are just kind of endless. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the greatest parts about travel therapy. Obviously a lot of people do it for the money aspect, right? The money side of it is great, but at the same time, you have the opportunity to create all these new experiences, all these new memories and get to meet so many different cool people that mm-hmm. if you kind of go somewhere and you just want to be a recluse, that's totally fine. That's you. But you also have the opportunity to have so many cool eye-opening experiences and learn about yourself, really. You know, and I think yeah. that's a big thing about travel is you get to learn so much about yourself, you know, you put yourself on that island. and. It's sink or swim. It's either I'm gonna go make friends and figure out different things to do, or I'm gonna go home, go to work, go home, kind of repeat. And every mm-hmm. assignment's what someone wants to make of it. And I think you're a really good example of making the most out of the assignment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like who wants to be in five hours of sunlight where you're going to work at ten thirty in the pitch darkness? Or you sorry, you're going to work at eight AM in the darkness and you're the sun doesn't rise till ten thirty. You're still at work because you're at a ten hour workday on contracts. And then when you get out of work, the sun's set already. So all it is is darkness. So like how do you how do you swim in that environment? And that's what I realize about myself is that I need to socialize and this is so on brand for travel therapy social, but I cannot stay home and be a slug I needed to get myself in the mountains or in nature and be with friends so that's actually really important too so how do you support your traveler when there's an assignment that's not as supportive to their well-being or if they're feeling isolated how would you have supported me in that time as a recruiter
1: for me I always joke that I'm part recruiter, part friend, part psychiatrist. Um, To me, open lines of communication are so important. Whether or not you're calling me, you know, with a work related issue, a personal issue, whatever that may be, I always wanna be there for you. Um, You know, we have technical business hours are eight to five for most recruiters, right? For me, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things, I always have my phone on me. So if something comes up and you need to talk or you reach out, my phone's always within five feet of me. Um, you know, perks of this job, you kind of become addicted to your phone, is what it is. Yeah. But to me, I look at it as okay, someone reaches out to me, you know, they're struggling with something, whether it's an issue with their assignment or, you know, they have, they're just feeling down about something. You know, I can be that breath of fresh air. You know, I can be that person mm-hmm. that you need to talk to and, you know, figure things out and go for, go for you to, um, Yeah, be there for you in order to show, hey, you know, you have someone that's here that cares about you that isn't, you know, we don't just view you as a number. Um, You know, you're someone that's a real person. And I understand everyone's struggles are always different. And I'm, I can't just blanket say, okay, cool, you're dealing with this issue. I don't really feel like dealing with this right now. I'm just not going to respond to you. I'm just going to ignore you. To me, as a recruiter, that's one of the rudest things you can do. And it's just going to make people feel even more on that island. Um, And that's where, for me, when I'm talking to the people that I work with is, yes, you know, sometimes it is just all work related. Sure. But then at times it's, hey, I'm just calling to see how you are. You know, what's going on? What are some of the cool things you've done on this assignment? What, you know, what are you looking forward to next? Um, You know, that also helps me with my job, because now I'm learning more about you. And, you know, that way I see, if I see a job that comes out that I'm like, oh, you really want to be, you know, you really got into surfing. Well, we have a job, you know, that's a coastal position. You know, this could be a good option for you. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, it's always been about that balance where it doesn't always have to be just professional. Yes, mm-hmm. I understand. I am a professional. you guys, We are working together. I do get that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that you're having a good experience and we're there for you in every facet you know, that we can.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's important to have that career partnership. I always say a recruiter is a career partner. And if you were to think of a life partner, do you have that emotional intimacy with? Yeah. So you need to have a recruiter that's going to be there for you. Even during the hardest times, because as travel therapists, you never know what's going to come your way. I, like you literally never know. So right. I definitely love that you are there as a friend, as a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can just diagnose me when I'm going crazy in Alaska.
1: <laughs> and the the only thing <laughs> to me that is so important is. I want to make sure that, you know, if there is an issue that comes up, that you're not afraid to come to me with it. You know, I feel mm-hmm. that in this industry, a lot of times something comes up on an assignment and people are almost afraid to bring it up to the recruiter because they don't want to necessarily be blacklisted or, oh, I don't want to be viewed as high maintenance. I don't want to be viewed as this. Well, there's very much a difference between being high maintenance and having a real issue that does need to get solved. And so that's why I always want those open lines of communication. You know, if you're on an assignment and you're uncomfortable because you think, you know, there's an issue with how they're doing things and you think your license is at risk, that's something I want to know about because that's a situation I want to pull you from. I don't want to Mm -hmm. sit here and say, you know, you only have like six, seven weeks left of this assignment. Do you think we can tough it out? No, I want you to make sure that you're comfortable because that license, that hit on your license that you might be risking is going to follow you for the next 20 years. You know, mm-hmm. or you're gonna have to pay a ton of legal fees and other things to get that expunged from, you know, your record. So to oh. me, it's just it's not worth it.
0: So what I what I'm hearing you say is that you put your traveler first.
1: 100%. And that's
0: I think a that's an absolute green flag. That's what you should be looking for in a recruiter.
1: And to me, I know there are a lot of recruiters out there that are have similar mindsets to me. And the thing that just is unfortunate is just like anything, you know, there are those recruiters out there that don't, that kind of put a bad rap on, you know, the ones that do. So it makes things, you know, a little bit more challenging. And, you know, that's why I open up as much as I do, you know. Yeah. i tell you about my dog, Jackson. He's right there. <laughs> Greatest dog in the world. Um, I don't know where he is right now. Otherwise, I would bring him onto frame. But, you know, and I think... That's so valuable is understanding how your recruiter works, how they process things and them understanding how you process things, you know, because we're all humans. We all process everything so differently. Um, So
0: can you also share what the role of a recruiter actually is and how to change that perspective that most recruiters do have good intentions and yes, there are red flags to certain recruiters, but can you share more about the role of what a recruiter actually does for us and to share that it's not just to make money on us?
1: For sure. So for a recruiter, essentially what our goal is, is to build your profiles. Everything's favorite thing to do is build a profile, right? But it's to get your profile, get all your information and do a concise you know, resume that we can send out to facilities. That potentially could be a good fit for you. Um, you know, our goal is essentially to play matchmaker with the jobs that we have available or finding the jobs that you're interested in, submitting you to those jobs, and essentially playing the middleman and making sure that we do, you know, what's right by you and what's right by the facility. Um, when it comes to most recruiting agencies, your hierarchies typically you're going to have like a VP or a director, then you're going to have recruitment and you're going to have account manager. Account managers, those are the people that you know are the client facers. They're the ones that are dealing with the facilities, the um, you know, schools, skilled nursing, home health, hospitals. That's what their main goal is. As a recruiter, our main goal is you as a therapist or you as the allied professional. We want to make sure that we're listening to what you want. We're providing you with the opportunities that we have. And we're going over why we think something could potentially be a good fit for you. Um, you know, that's why one of the questions that I always ask every single person I work with is what is most important to you? Is it pay, location, or setting? You know, and then from there, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tailor what I'm doing for you based off of that. You know, if you're someone where you'll go anywhere as long as the money is right, cool, I'm gonna send you all the high end contracts that we have. If you're someone that only wants something that's coastal and you don't care as much about the money, I'm not gonna send you the position that's in, you know, the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, that pays twenty five hundred dollars a week because you are going to have no interest. Totally. Um, now,
0: as a travel therapist, my interests often change, so it's important to know that that is a rank that happens every contract. So that open line of communication to your recruiter, who's going to find you a matchmaking position, you need to let them know, hey, Scott, you know, I prioritize my setting. Outpatient peas. Now I just want my location. I'm sick of the darkness. I don't care if it's pees. I don't care what setting it is. I just want the sun. And so it's really important to fine tune your priorities for each contract. That way, Scott or whoever you're working with or a different recruiter knows exactly what you're looking for.
1: For sure. And that is huge. And, you know, it's one of those things too where as you start working with people and, you know, even since we first met, you know, we'll kind of jump into that here in a second but (laughs) it's one of those things where your communication standards and how you communicate with them you know with each other is constantly changing um it's no longer you know you've done you know a contract or two with me it's no longer hey okay what are you prioritizing this time you know it's more of a natural conversation it's more hey you know i understand you know your contract's up are you thinking about extending or what are you kind of looking for? you know, and it's just a lot more fluid and it feels less, I guess you could say like an interview. Like the first couple of calls you have with the recruiter always seem just a little bit interviewee and you guys are kind of feeling each other out, right? Mm-hmm. You do have those you random guys- ones where yeah. immediately you just click, right? And those are the best relationships because yeah. it's immediately like, boom, this is perfect. I love everything that's going on. But as you develop that relationship, it becomes simpler. It becomes easier to be open and honest as well. You know, transparency is something that it does make people feel uncomfortable. And, you know, the closer that you have that relationship, the easier that transparency gets. Right. Because you both are looking out for each other's best interests. And, you know, that's the biggest thing when it comes to the recruiter, you know, therapist relationship is Mm -hmm. that transparency, those open lines of communication and you know, the ability to feel comfortable challenging your recruiter, you know, if a recruiter says something that you don't really agree with or you don't like, call them out on it, have that conversation, you know, even if it is uncomfortable, because it's going to mm-hmm. provide so much value overall to, you know, what you guys are trying to do together, because you are a team, you know, ones, you guys shouldn't be working in opposite forces.
0: No. And if I just want to touch uh, a perspective here. So, Yes, Scott is right. You have to have that emotional connection and that personal and professional connection with your recruiter because that's your main point of contact. And then Scott connects with his account manager. So whenever there is a position available, this is a whisper down the lane that we were mentioning earlier. The role of a recruiter is you're the focus. You're the travel therapist is the primary focus of the recruiter. But you're going to communicate to Scott your needs and your wants. And yes, I want to submit Yes, the interview went well. Yes, I want this job. Scott's then going to communicate to his account manager saying, yeah, Chelsea wants this. Chelsea's going to take this. Things are looking good. The account manager is then going to talk to the on-site facility. And that's the main point of communication. And then so you're only really talking to the facility during the interview. So when you go through negotiation and all the finances and just the pay packages and insurance benefits and everything else after the interview... It's Scott. That's your, that's why he's saying these hard conversations, these conversations that really matter to make the best experience you possibly could have is your recruiter because that's the main point that you're talking to, not only for the jobs, but then also all the way through until you get on site and your direct supervisor is there and you meet them in person. But you're employed through the staffing agency. For just sure. So I just wanted to make sure that was clear when these like conversations come up and being super direct. It's because... He's it <laughs> like that is that's all you have is that recruiter who's on your t- he's either on your side or he's not on your side and it's important for you to gauge these re- like these relationships to see if it's a good fit for you
1: for sure, and you know when it comes down to it in theory, whenever you're working with a company, you should have one maybe two points of contact and when I say one two points of contact, your recruiter should be your contact for essentially everything except for. Compliance, um, compliance is a world that we can get into on another episode. Compliance, I don't understand it. It's terrible. It's great. It's horrible. It's everything all wrapped into one. Um, you know, but even when you do have those issues, right? Even during the compliance process, your recruiter's the one that can step in and say, "Hey, you know, let me you know take the reins on this. Let me handle you know the communication with compliance, so that way we're making sure everything, you know, goes smoothly." Um, you know, and I think that is such a big thing is, you know, understanding who your contacts are. And when you have that one point of contact, it just makes your life easier, you know, because you don't have to go, okay, now I need to find a payroll number. Now I need to find, you know, this number, I need to find this number. It's, hey, I'm going to call my recruiter and just kind of see what's up.
0: Totally.
1: And I think, you know, that's kind of a good transition into You know how we met is you know those tough conversations, right? So (laughs) I know I'll let you I'll let you kind of start this story about how Chelsea and Scott you know got connected and how this all led to this beautiful new podcast and this new world that we're kind of living in. Mm
0: Hmm. Yeah. What we're smooth with this. Look at that. So (laughs) I. I am active on social media. I have a coaching platform for transcend child therapy, so I try to be a a resource and an educator on that platform. And naturally, there's conversations that I'm sharing about that I think I know the information to, right? Because I lived it, I experienced it, and I have talked to recruiters during pay packages. So I posted a video explaining the pay breakdown, and Scott messaged Scott commented on the real. And I didn't know who Scott was at that time. And he says, Hey, you're right, but you're also wrong. And I messaged him directly. And I said, Hey, I just saw your comment. I slid into the DMS. And you I know. was like, I, I need to know how I could have worded that or have fixed that or have just made sure I was completely transparent on all aspects of a pay package. And we were chatting a little bit. And I remember I was like walking my dog or something. And with, like within less than 24 hours, me and Scott are on the phone. <laughs> so we're chatting and it out. And, or that next, yeah, that next day, I'm like, I need to talk to this guy. I need to, I, and that's a quality in my own like personality that I, I want to know. And I'm open to c- like constructive criticism. I'm open to direct line of communication and oftentimes texting and, and commenting and stuff like that could just be taken the wrong way, and I wanted to make sure that he sees my value of collaboration, and I want a transparency in this. So we get on the phone, and Scott, what was wrong with that reel?
1: So you're talking about pay packages, and you know every company does pay packages differently, and you know I know that is one of our topics that we're going to dive way deeper into, you know down the line here. Um, but essentially, it was how everything how the pay package works and you know where everything comes from um Mm -hmm. you know in your reel you had posted that you know everything comes from the same pot where with some companies that's not the case like for example for us your license reimbursement doesn't come out of whatever your pay package is you know we understand that you're getting this license to work this job so we're going to take care of that and we're not going to have that affect your pay um You know, that being said, every company is different and there are reasons that companies do things the way that they do. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, recruiting companies, we are a business, right? We need to make money. We need to make sure that, you know, we're paying to keep the lights on. We're paying to keep our recruiters, you know, employed so that way you guys can stay employed. So that's where, you know, it's so different how every company does things. And it's really a big thing that, you know, when you're talking to these recruiters, figuring out, okay. Okay. How do pay packages work for you? Because every company is going to be a little bit different. You know, yeah, some of us are going to be the same. Some are going to be drastically different. So it's figuring out, okay, what works best for you?
0: Yeah, I love that. I also want to say a little bit of banter. I almost think that the traveler is the business because you wouldn't have a business if we weren't traveling. <laughs> that is true. That's another conversation. That's not, a that conversation.
1: Very, very that's not a conversation. That is for sure a conversation. I feel on down.
0: both ends. Very, very deep.
1: <laughs> deep, deep, into that we, we will
0: We will hash it out. And I think that's the most important thing about <laughs> Scott and Chelsea and having this social podcast is to hash out and spill the tea and kind of go back and forth on different perspectives so you can see the Bigger picture, and navigate this lifestyle in a way that it's coming from a recruiter standpoint and a traveler standpoint, and yeah. Sure. So then we—that's how we met, and the conversation continued, and that was leading up to TravelCon, which is a travelers' healthcare conference in Las Vegas. And Scott asked if I was going, and I actually was for the first time. And the story, this story, yeah. How do we segue into this?
1: <laughs> this TravCon is TravCon. We're just going to, we're going to do an episode for sure. Kind of going over everything oh, that is yeah. TrapCon. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack and there is a lot of value in TrapCon. Um, you know, a big thing for me is I like to meet as many of the people that I work with in person as possible. Travcon's a great way to do that. Um, but yeah, we were kind of going back and forth. I was in the process of trying to get, you know, approval for, you know, Totalman's allied division to do a allied specific pool party. Um, you know, a lot of TravCon is nursing focused, right? The majority of the people there are nurses. Um, well, being in the allied side, you know, a couple of years ago, the first time I went to TravCon, I was like, why are we not doing anything for the allied people? You know, for the allied caregivers, why is there nothing, you know, that's specific for them? Um, we didn't want you guys to feel left out. So, one of my when, favorite Scott says,
0: when Scott says caregivers, guys, he means travelers, travel therapists.
1: I do. As I an do. OT,
0: I'm like, my OT brain is like, caregiver, <laughs> what? <laughs> but So Scott calls us caregivers, just so you know.
1: Caregivers are travelers. To me, the term's interchangeable. Um, okay, so, you know, okay, always okay, trying, okay, keep going. I you know, trying to pers- ourselves. Excited
0: to meet us in person at Chapcon
1: Extremely excited, and, you know, I've met some of – You know, my favorite, you know, therapist that I've worked with, you know, people that I have great relationships with, you know, getting to meet them in person is always so monumental to me. Um, To me, it just furthers that relationship a little bit more. Um, The other fun thing about TravCon that I love is I love telling nurses that they can't come to our event. Um, (laughs) You know, that is simply just because that's the allied in me is I don't do anything with nursing. You know, I want this for the allied you know, travelers, because at the end of the day, I want you guys to feel wanted. I want you guys to feel special. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's how we met um, in yeah. person, I should say. Um, I, sent, TravCon. I sent you a message and I said, hey, um, you know, I think we're doing this. I don't know for sure if it's happening. And you're like, yes, just sign me up. Mm-hmm. Um, got approval, got everything sent over. And You know, it was super exciting to actually meet you in person, because I think one of the biggest things, too, is when you have these relationships, you know, that are, you know, through social media or phone calls or whatever. You never know how that in-person meeting is going to go. Right. You always hope for the best, but it's not always the best. Um, And I think we met and it was two peas in a pod. It was oh my goodness, we are going to try, each one of us is going to try to be the life of the party and we're going to have a grand old time here. Um, and it was like we had been friends for for years. And that was one of the things yeah. I loved about our relationship and, you know, yes. why Why I think, you know.
0: Yeah, sorry, go to why, finish your thought.
1: Um, and I think it's one of the cool things and why I think, you know, we work together and why we come up with these crazy ideas that we don't really think through all the way. Um we kind of <laughs> joked that we were going to start a podcast and here we are kind of unprepared but prepared and figuring out as we go so i think they, they are going to get better as as we go that is for sure um but you know our personalities just kind of gravitated so well together you know and we yeah, just kind I of and um You know, there are some some fun stories about the pool party. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the reels of it and, you know, whatnot. But it all started with a game of beer pong.
0: Um, (laughs) Wait,
1: hold on. I want to touch
0: on something. I want to touch on something. So that relationship, (laughs) when I met Scott in person, he has his, like, biggest smile and vibrancy about him. And people gravitated towards him. And I... I only knew him online. So I think that was also like to touch on your personality. It was really cool to see travel therapists who are well-established in the industry gravitate towards this guy named Scott. And who is he, right? Like I was really excited to get to know him in person and establish that professional relationship and also personal connection. (laughs) But so the connection can be that much stronger. So when we are in person together... I'm also a really smiley person and just upbeat and love to have fun and have a good time. So at the pool party, I brought my friend Meg, shout out to Meg Cotter, because she was at TravCon with me. And we show up and we're having fun. And there's like 50 other travelers under Total Med sponsored event. And Scott had this great idea to play
1: beer pong. Yep. Um, So we the pool party, to kind of set the scene here, We've done it a couple of different times at the Flamingo Pool in Las Vegas. It's a great menu. Um, so, this year we did the cabanas that we did came with bags, cornhole for some, and it came with beer pong tables. So, we're kind of like feeling each other out, you know, saying hi, meeting everyone. And, you know, one of the other therapists, Kyle, um, you know, me and him were talking, and, you know, I looked at uh, Meg and I looked at Chelsea, and I was like, hey, let's play a game of beer pong. And it was an immediately, yep, we're doing this. And then, so since they were so eager to play, we were like, all right, let's make it interesting. Let's put a bet on this. And so the bet that was put Uh, on... What was your bet? The bet was loser had to do belly flops into the pool in front of that. And so... To me, it was, okay, this is a fun, loving bet. You know, it's nothing, no harm, no foul, right? This will make for Mm -hmm. a great story, no matter who loses, right? Um, Yes. So it ends up actually being a pretty close game. Um,
0: Yeah, we were, the girls were crushing it. And it was best of three originally. And then I don't know if we decided, but we ended up playing best of five because we wanted to keep going because it was like super neck and neck.
1: Yeah, so we you guys we won the first game, you guys won the second, then we won the you, third. You and won the Chelsea third. immediately goes, best of five. Best, best of five. five. <laughs> no, not doing not doing this belly fought best of five, best of five. Best
0: of five, best of five.
1: And so we're like, says <laughs>
0: right, best right. of five, save me, let's tell them. So,
1: so Meg like, like, and right, I, um, I
0: like Yeah, Meg and I are like really right. Like, I'm like, Meg, we have to win. <laughs> we have to win. Look at all these people. Like it's not only the travel healthcare event with Total Med, it's a public pool. So there's so many people in Las Vegas. So Megs and I are like really trying at this point. And when you try really hard, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. And I can be so competitive. So then I'm like, you know, making jokes and trying to do some banter to the boys, like mess them up. And meanwhile, then now everyone's like in on it because we're creating more noise around our beer pong events. So then Scott (laughs) shoots the last shot. They had one cup left and he makes it. So Meg and I lost.
1: It was great. (laughs) It was great. Chelsea (laughs) looked at me immediately afterwards and she's like, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, that's a bad. You know, I'm holding you to this. Um, you know, realistically, would I have let her out oh of it? Probably, God. probably would have. But at the moment, I wasn't going to let her even think that. So I gave her a time <laughs> limit. I gave her a 30 minute time limit that her and Meg had to complete this vibe. So in our logo, Meg's actually supposed to be in our logo photo. Uh, we cropped mm-hmm. her out. Um, yeah, we arranged out. Like, of it. Right, we're, going, we're going to do a shot. I need to do a shot before I do this. So we
0: yeah, go. And I, yeah, I like often don't drink, but again, Travcon is a different beast of an industry. So I was like, Scott, if I actually have to do this, like, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> like the pain of a belly flop is like not enjoyable. So I was like, Scott, I need a shot because I know it's gonna be painful. So we go over there. He's like, Okay, what's your shot of choice? And I was like, Tequila. <laughs> tequila and then meg and i are like okay we're doing we're committing meg is my like right hand girl she's like i'm in it we're doing this so we take the shot and we're like the countdown begins and so like kyle and scott are like coming up to us like are you ready are you ready and so we line up it's time to go lifeguards up in the stand watching this at that point since it's been 30 minutes. Scott has a big mouth and likes to talk. So he's telling every traveler in that event, guys, get ready for this. We have something going on. So Meg and I line up on the side of the pool and they all start like, what's going on? They all have their phones out. Meg and I are holding hands. We're like, okay, Scott, give us a countdown. And I look at Meg and I'm like, we are gonna give the best belly flop we can give since we're doing this. We cannot like we cannot just like cheap out and like break it with our knee or something. Like we're committing at this point. <laughs> so if I do something, I am a hundred percent in. So we, <laughs> Scott, you already know it's gonna come. So three, Scott's counting down: three, two, one, and we crush that. We uh, I think our belly flops are pretty good. Here we are cemented our connection (laughs) because you're like oh absolutely the real deal
1: absolutely the best part too was you know i'm as people that have met me in person they know i can be a very loud person so i'm screaming this at the top of my lungs so next thing you know they're getting ready to do this the entire pool is trying to figure out what in the hell is going on here they're like wait what the fuck like what is happening Next thing you know, we see them. Everyone just kind of, like, stops. Like, it seemed like <laughs> everything just froze. Our entire group is dying laughing. Meg- Everyone <laughs> Meg and Chelsea come up to me. They're just, like, heated. They're like, I can't believe you made me do this. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I think the funniest part about that, though, afterwards was, you know, the lifeguards yelling at a bunch of, you know, we're all probably what 25 to 40 year olds. Just like, you guys can't be doing this. It's almost like you're a kid at a pool getting yelled at for, you know, jumping it. You know, it's <laughs> really what it came down to.
0: And yeah. was... you asked for forgiveness, not permission. I exactly. knew that was like not
1: okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, man. But so that, that really was, kind of yeah, cemented our relationship. And I mean, really, for the next, I would say, really. The next 24 hours, we were kind of, you know, inseparable. We were always together. We were kind of, you know, talking, you know, learning more about each other, figuring out, you know, what our goals were and, you know, trying to see, you know, how we can help each other grow. Um, Yeah, absolutely. 3 a.m. tomorrow talk was great. (laughs) Yeah. So many late (laughs) nights
0: eating pizza at 3 3 a.m. in TravCon. When you experience TravCon, sometimes you just got to let go of your standards. (laughs) I'm like... I usually in bed by 9.30. I don't drink often, but TravCon, oh, man, it was a, a five-day bender. And also an amazing opportunity. And also, like, you just get to meet so many people. So we will definitely talk about what this event is and how you can come to it and also experience belly flops in the pool.
1: <laughs> For sure. And I think, you know, the coolest thing, you know, about TravCon is not only – you know, the ability to, you know, cultivate those relationships, but, you know, learning about people and, you know, having those face, that face-to-face time is so valuable. You know, I think, you know, we obviously really connected there and, you know, figured a lot of different stuff out, you know, about, you know, what you're trying to do, you know, what I'm trying to do. And, you know, we had had how many conversations since TraffCon about everything. I mean... And then, Mm -hmm. you know, us randomly deciding to be a brainchild of all the conversations that we had had and we're like, our personalities match. Like, why don't we do something like this and have, you know, a fun way to bring kind of the topics that you guys want to hear about and, you know, the topics Mm -hmm. that we want to talk about, you know, out to you guys in, you know, a fun way and you get to hear us kind of ramble on a bit, you know. Chelsea loves to ramble on her, uh, you know, little audio messages that she randomly sends me all the time, which are great. And I always get a nice little chuckle when I see a four minute audio message. All right. Make sure I get my headphones out for this one.
0: The TED Talks, if you know me, you know I'm an audio person or a phone call person. And I'm sure some people listening already have received voice notes from me. And I always appreciate the voice notes back. So Scott always rambles back. So he also likes to hear himself talk, which I is, know, I think, I another know. reason why this podcast has been so fun to create for us because we have a passion of helping others and we're living through a purpose of that. So who is the audience that we want to help? And it just makes sense that it's you. Like we want to bridge that gap, make the jump a little less scary for you, push you when you need to be like be pushed, but also be supportive and hold you hold space for you when you have a moment where you need help. So I think a lot of this banter and this joking and just the personality traits of hosting a show like this is perfect and so on brand to call it the travel therapy social for Scott and I but it's also to hold this space for you and for you to be social with us because we vibe off of connections.
1: For sure. And, you know, I think, and that was one of the biggest things that we kind of talked about was, you know, when we were doing this is what is our goal out of this? Right. And I think what's our mission, what it came down to was, you know, there there's a lot of stuff out there where, you know, you have therapists talking about, you know, the travel world, right? But there's not a lot out there where you have, you know, a therapist on one side and a recruiter on the other. Because the mindsets and the views on things, you know, at times can be very different. You know, so we have such a good, comfortable relationship that it's like, we can challenge each other on that. You know, and we want to be able to give you guys both sides of the coin. You know, we want to show, hey, this is what you know, you're turning down a job. This is what the recruiter's thinking, you know, or, you know, this is what's going through, you know, my head as a therapist, you know, as I'm deciding not to take this job, Um, you know, and that's kind of, I think, what ultimately led us to do this is to have those two perspectives, you know, to be able to talk about all those different topics, you know, and I think having that open space is so valuable. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's our goal is to educate you guys, you know, Mm -hmm. whether or not you're working with either one of us or talking and communicating with either one of us or not, to give you the tools that you need to, to better those relationships and ensure that you're getting the most out of your recruiter relationship. And, you know, even if recruiters are listening to this, you know, to get the most out of your relationship with your therapist.
0: Hey, yeah, I hope that recruiters also listen to this because it's a space for the whole industry to chime in on. And I think that's, that's what we're going for is to have that whole complete comprehensive resource inspire you, educate you, and just socialize with you, like connect with us. We really want to hear from you. And I definitely would love any advice or any tips for how to make this better for your listening and if there's topics that you want to hear, you know, I think it shows some of the stories we talked about. I think it shows that we are an open book and we love the directness and just we're open-minded. So we want to gear this towards what you want because yeah, we have topics in mind. Yeah. We have hot topics and want to spill the tea on lots of things, but we also want to make sure that it's serving you and fitting for what you need from us.
1: Absolutely. And you know, Like you hit on, we want to hear what you guys want to hear about. You know, we'll talk about anything. Um, You know, I know we have a couple of guests already, you know, locked in for joining us on this podcast, but we have our list of things that we want to talk about. We have the episodes somewhat planned out. I mean, Chelsea and I are kind of good at planning, kind of terrible at planning. Um, (laughs) But but we have we have the you know the talking points and you know the things that we for sure want to talk about. Um, But we also want to listen to what you guys. Want to hear. You know, we want to know the topics that you guys are curious about. And, you know, we're gonna run different polls and different things on trying to see what are the biggest issues that you guys are dealing with or that you wanna, you know, you want us to touch on.
0: I would love to have this podcast end with question and answers every time. So I know this is our first one, so we don't have any questions at this moment, but I would absolutely love a question and answer for both of us to answer our perspectives on whatever is coming up for you.
1: that's a wrap. Well, thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Um, It will get better as we learn, learn the podcast world a little bit more. Um, But I look forward to hearing, I should say, I, we both look forward to hearing your feedback and connecting with you guys, you know, on our socials. It's at Travel Therapy Social. And, you know, I'm excited for what's to come.
0: Mm -hmm. See you next time.